When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Hey, it's a new year. How about no limits for 2024? Morning Combat, back at it. Anniversary mailbag show. Anniversary, what am I talking about here? How about New Year's Day? It is January 1st, 2024. We recorded this in advance, but all your other favorite podcasts are taking the day off, so we might as well be here. Brian Campbell, Luke Thomas. We win awards in these parts. Luke, it's a new year, so I'm going to need a resolution to kick it off. Ooh, a resolution to kick it off. But, but what if I haven't like thought this one through? Uh, you're going to have to give me the first thing that comes to your mind. What what can you change, Luke, for the better for this new year? Maybe less flatulence or maybe more? Maybe more. Maybe more. I mean, yeah, if anything, I need to scale up. Uh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Uh, we are so I happy to be here with you, folks. Thank you for the time while Luke figures out what to do with the rest of his life. Uh, Mikey Mormont, CBS Sports, behind us as always. We have taken your questions from YouTube, and we are ready to answer them for another holiday mailbag. Uh, quickly, you can like us, you can follow us, you can do all that stuff. Thank you so much, guys, for everything you've been to us throughout this great journey. This is going to be a new year, a big year for us as well, so we're very excited. But today's all about you, so there's the channels you can like. And I've and if you look look closely at this here sweatshirt, you can also purchase it over there at morningcombat.store. Check it out right now. All right, Luke. Um, you know, uh, a general life recap of 2023 before we answer up all these questions. Um, you know, big year for MMA on the big time level, great year for boxing. MK was up and down, but you know, like Tyson Fury around 12 against Wilder. We're back on our feet, brother. We're back on our feet, I think, I hope. Again, not a bad year in MMA, but certainly a, it felt like a different kind of year with some yeah. very good, solid, at times, excellent punctuated moments, at times some lowlights. It started with Dana and his wife the worst way possible. Yeah, um, you had an awful idea, by the way, for this show that you would open it by slapping me as like the one-year anniversary. I'm like, look, that's horrible. That's I just want no, no. I, first of all, I never said that, but, but that's an interesting thing to try and pull on air. What I would say is I do desire to do that. So if you want, I'm happy to take requests. Our drill instructors right. at boot camp would do this, BC. Like you'd do something wrong, and one of them would be like, hey, go tell Sergeant Tice that uh, you want to get your heart popped. 
And so you'd have to go walk over to the other, you know, like to explode from like exertion. That's, that's what they would do. Like you want to go get your heart popped. So you'd have to walk over to the other guy and you have to be like, uh, you know, recruit. So Thomas, in this case, re request permission to speak. And they're like, what, what do you want? This recruit requests permission to get his heart popped. And then the other drill instructor every time would always say, damn, hell yes. I love taking requests. <laughs> And then they would kill you. And then they would kill you. And it would be. The and then worst they were like, life. "Hey, sorry, uh, Sergeant Tice is unavailable at the moment. We heard something about train tickets. He's got a big, uh, got a big trip planned." Luke. A lot of, lot of points on Amtrak. A lot of points yeah, on Amtrak. There you go, right there. Uh, yeah, it's been a wild year. We're happy to get through it. Man, boxing really delivered. Hope they'll do it again. Obviously, the end of Showtime Sports for all of us was a, eh, was a tough pill to swallow, but. New beginnings, new horizons for everyone as we start this new year. Hopefully all of you folks are taking a good turn for your health, mentally, physically. Let's get in the best shape of our life. Let's be our best selves this year, Luke, all right? How about that for a resolution? I think that's I think that's the way to go, BC. I will say this. Yeah. Someone's asking me like someone was asking for give me generic advice for 2024. I will say this, BC. Generic advice. Take it for what it's worth. So many positive things happen when you take good care of your physical health that extends beyond just your physical health. And so for that reason, make 2024 a year where you take care of your physical health and yes. let the many benefits take you over. Yes, I have a little moniker, mantra I call, it's called MIGA. It's make yourself great again. And okay, I've got a serious- the worst of thing I've ever heard in my life. I've got and a series of red hats, Luke, that I'm going to put on the morning <laughs> combat site <laughs> pretty much. All right. How about we make MK great again? All right. How about we do that by answering your questions that we pulled here from YouTube? It's probably going to be a lot of weird usernames in here, Luke, but let's entertain the people. And uh, I mean, what are they going to say? What's your favorite Christmas song? We've done that every year for four years. What do you got for us, people? Let's start it right about now. Luke, John, Johnny138138 is sliding in first. Pretty much. I mean, is that his... Is that his jail identification number, Luke? Sounds like it. Okay. Okay. Johnny says, hey, happy we New might have Year's. A Jan, we might have a Jan Sixer, you know, and they're yes. proud of their their efforts. Uh, happy New Year's, Donks. My question is pretty straightforward, Johnny says. What is the time that you got most wasted for New Year's? Great question. Would love to hear a story of debauchery from the past. Thank oh you God, for countless laughs one. and great coverage. Happy 2024. Uh, Luke, I got a really bad one. You got you have one particular one that stands out? Yeah, dude, I had a bad one. Golly. And it actually wasn't really much that I personally did, but I was with a group of guys. I'm still friends with most of them, uh, but not what I once was. Golly, dude, we went to a place in uh, what's called the Golden Triangle, which is just south of DuPont Circle here in the city. And we got thrown out of a club because the the security staff announced to me I, I wasn't there for this had announced to me that two of my friends were caught urinating in one of the bartender sinks oh wow so that was great. all right so that was great as soon as we go outside another one of my friends who was not involved with that but we we all had to leave started a fist fight on the street with another guy uh, over i don't even remember but they got to jawing and 30 seconds later they were fist fighting it was one of the most insane things ever and then we lose track of one of the guys who was alleged to have done the urination. He and another dude went to another club. We lost track of them. We saw them later. They got beat up and stripped of their coats uh, yeah. that evening. They were, they were all physically lumped up 
And then to top it all, hold on, to top it all off, we actually had a room that we rented that night at the Mayflower, and they got kicked out of their room for noise complaints because two of the cousins were then fighting on, uh, uh, not physically, but like yelling in the room, and we had to leave. And it was, dude, it was super terrible. It was super terrible. Uh, what what age were you about, Luke? What year was this? Twenty five. Yeah, like yeah, that's that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Mine was uh, New Year's Eve '01, going into two thousand two. Uh, all my friends and even my sister got a. We got a bunch of hotel rooms in South Norwalk, Connecticut. There's this area of bars downtown called Sono that's very uh, hipster. And um, Luke, I decided to. Uh, you know, this was right in the midst of my my debauchery leading up to my quarter life crisis i decided to have eight beers off the tap and then somebody goes hey you ever have this new thing called red bull and vodka it's great so look i had i had eight eight of those eight of those not realizing the red bull element of it so a couple of things happened that night my sister met the man she would go on to marry but my best friend ed and i spent the whole night trying to box him out away from her um and then luke when it was time to go home i I may have run out into the middle of the road and started stopping cars to try to get a ride home. Like, we don't need a taxi. Look, I'll get us a ride. Hold on. So that part was a little bit weird. But then when we got to the hotel, um, my, you know, my rage really just kicked in. Uh, and, and also all of those drinks. And I ended up being so rowdy. Uh, there was a fire drill. Well, first, first I passed out. And I passed out alone in a room, Luke. And if there was not a fire drill, I would have died that night like Bon Scott and choked on my own puke because there ended because I would go on to puke, you know, uncontrollably. But there was this fire dr- drill about about 2 a.m. So all my friends that were in the lobby bar come running into the room. They pick me up. They can't pick me up because, you know, I'm 220 pounds of just crap. They drag me by my shoulders and arms into the elevator, into the front. As soon as we get to the front, there's cops and firemen everywhere. And I perk back up. I walk one step out the front door and throw up for five straight minutes on the rug that you walk in on. And the policeman comes over and he goes, oh, happy new year, kid. And then I walk over to the fire truck and I'm like, hey, guys, don't worry. My dad's a fireman. I got this. And I start climbing in the truck. I'm pulling stuff out. Look, it was one of those nights where, you know, you make a lot of enemies. You have a disastrous hangover. And I particularly remember the next morning. So I would have been. uh 26 no 24 24 and i the next morning i remember for the first time i was like i have serious life problems right now if i you know i might need a therapist i need a life coach i need something because the road i'm on is going uh is going very dark and you know there were a lot of other debaucherous moments and me acting out that night and um yeah you know you do need to get the show on the road but i will say this bc and i say this to people all the time because they're always like oh you and brian are so different and dude, in so many important ways, that's absolutely true. Like ir- yeah. ir- irreconcilable, uh, irreconcilable differences in certain ways. But in other ways, dude, we've lived the exact same life. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. In the broad strokes, it's been the exact same life. It's fucking crazy. People want to paint me as a loser because I did whippets in the back of an Arby's parking lot. But Luke, you know, you've done some things <laughs> that's, that's too. Okay, let's shit. be fair. I mean, that's, that just, is that's loser just king shit. loser shit. Come on. Yeah. I mean, just throwing up in front of like 50 people and cops and firemen, you know, in the in the lobby of a hotel. As, you know, That's just gross. But anyway, that's my life. I've lived it. I'm reformed. Now, let's get into the next question. This is from Kimbo Rampage. Wow. Big time old school MMA fan here. Would you support longer time in between rounds? MMA took from the boxing model 
but MMA has longer rounds with the same rest period. So that's a good question. You get 60 seconds in both MMA and boxing. But as we know, boxing rounds are three minutes, two minutes for the women and five minute rounds for MMA. Luke, for MMA, would you like to see that one minute become 90 seconds, two minutes? Does it matter? Yeah, it matters. That's an absolutely terrible idea. Dude, there was news this past like 10 days because this is coming out January 1 that MLB is looking to turn the pitch clock, which by the way, I hope folks understand, like I know we have a lot of European or Aussie listeners and they may not understand like baseball is an insanely old game and only recently after like a hundred plus years have they introduced a pitch clock. It's a brand new invention and BC already for the upcoming season, what they're talking about is if there are runners on base then you have the pitch clock goes from 20 seconds to now uh, default 18. In other words, all of the premium in terms of what goes on television these days in sports is making it as lean as and quick moving as possible. Going the other direction sounds like an absolute impossibility for many reasons, not least of which is what television network would want MMA that takes longer to get going. No, I chance. guess that's a fair point. You want more action in there, but if you're fighting five hard ass minutes, is 60 seconds enough? I guess that's the real question. But we're the 30 course, years the, into the, this. The, the answer is, of course, 60 seconds isn't enough. Like, of yeah. course, like these guys get out there and they're still fucking tired. That's why they have to be in the most insane shape possible. It's like you have to give yeah. them just enough of a break where if you're in insane shape, it's perfect. And if you're not, it has this dramatic effect. Like, you want to have this incentive of it not being a perfect rest period. People keep trying to do this. Everyone wants like, I want pure fight. Like it's some kind of pure version of Coke that you can just distill chemically down to. And there really is no such thing as pure fight. You can just create better or worse conditions. The minute system isn't perfect BC, but the trade-offs about what it gets you and the incentives it creates, it's basically a good idea. There you go. All right. When you said pure Coke, did you mean the soft drink or the coach Craig Jones, uh, no spears? There it is. There it is. All right. Uh, let's go over to at NCR Ranger 5030. I, I was like, BC, come on. We had a conversation about this. <laughs> Hi there, old men. This man says two quickies. Number one, best fights to rewatch from the post McGregor era. So let's start there, Luke. What does he mean here? The best fights. What is the post McGregor? Are we in the post McGregor era? Best yeah, fight? Did he the, mean pre? What is the post McGregor era? I don't know what that means. Did, did he mean pre? He may have meant pre. Does this mean that he came to the sport because of Connor, which would be understandable? Connor brought a whole new generation I mean, of casual fans in. I don't know how to answer a question like that. It's like, dude, there's like rad MMA for basically every year headed back to '94 that precedes it. Yeah, let's um, take RCR Ranger N word and leave him alone on that one. His second question <laughs> is: best careers to dive into. For a post McGregor era fan, love the shows. Can't wait to see you two bang next year. Hey, Tui, what are we, okay. what are we doing here? Okay, I mean, is that look? If we get to two hundred thousand YouTube subscribers, are they expecting full consummation? Because I, you know, I'm not that yeah. easy, dude. No, definitely not. Yeah, I'm not. Do I'm not. That's not. There's that. That's not the prize in the Jack in the Box box. Okay. Um, um. All right. So, Luke, the best careers. To, so he keeps saying post. Do you think he means pre? Or did he stop watching after Connor? I don't get it. But Luke, let, but like let's Connor let's Connor hasn't stopped. I mean, he's taking these long breaks, but like yeah. what is he saying like after 205? Is that what he's saying? Like 
Yeah, but why would he say best careers to dive into? That doesn't make sense. Let's imagine this he's question saying basically makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, we're gonna move on here, our NCR yeah. Ranger. We appreciate you playing, but you've lost. You <laughs> congratulations, you've played yourself. All right, let's go over to at Jack Haxton eight six five zero. Uh with Patty's performance against Tony Ferguson, can you see Pimblet ever cracking the top ten at lightweight? Luke, you answer while I let Reggie Jackson out, okay? Because he gets surly real quick, all right. Yeah, okay. I gotta see where you picked up. Uh Jesus, which one did he read? Pat. I didn't even hear him. Which one? Will Patty Pimblet ever make post. the top ten at lightweight, Luke? Oh yeah, I think Patty will make the top ten at lightweight. I actually did a little bit of tape study on him, BC. There's some stuff there. There's some stuff there. Okay. Some of the things that we had noticed from two ninety six, uh definitely there was there. There's a couple other things that I didn't really appreciate in real time. The thing is this, he's turning into, uh, this is not the right comparison, but we talk about all the time, like Ryan Garcia is great because he has like pretty fun offense. And, you know, his defense is not where you would want it to be. I'm not comparing the two in the sense that it's a one-to-one in any way. But he does have defensively some some like real problems that are, go- that they're just going to limit him. Like that's just the reality. But dude, he's got some, he's got, he's got, he's putting together a little bit of a decent game here that I, I'm starting to respect a little bit more for sure. Yeah. His, his right hands were landing crisp, clean, straight on Tony. He was looking good his there, obviously. Kicks. His leg yeah, kicks. Yeah. Two things I noticed his leg kicks were like, they're real tough. And dude, his mount, the stability, go back and look at the stability of his mount. Um, when you see Ferguson resisting, it was very good. He stayed balanced through the attack there. That's hard to do, man. That actually takes a, like a fair amount of skill. Um, I respect that. I respect that. Good for him. That was good shit. One thing I still think he needs, and hopefully maturity will bring this out of him so that he could have a shot at being the best he can be, is I heard him at the post-fight press conference after defeating Tony. Uh, he had Somebody asked him about his weight, and he was basically saying, you know, many times between fights I get, you know, up upwards of 200, 215. He's like, I don't want to be like that anymore, but, you know, between fights I blow up. And, look, we've seen that a lot from younger fighters. You don't see it as exclusively as, like, back in the day, 80s, 90s boxers in between were still, you know, going ham, drinking, getting fat, whatever. But if Patty does want to be legit top 10, become a title contender, you got to live the lifestyle. I remember, like, when, when Floyd and B-Hop about – 15 years ago, 10 years ago, were like the first guys, at least from boxing, where it's like they're living the Spartan lifestyle 12 months a year. They're not getting yeah. out of shape in between fights. That does matter. That certainly does mean something. It, it, was, it was never a coincidence to me or to, frankly, anybody, certainly, of course, watching GSP in his prime where GSP lived in the gym. And you were like, yeah. right, that's why. Like, he's obviously athletically insanely talented. You know, he just had a dynamic athletic profile for MMA. He had a vast lead in terms of that on his competitors plus he trained like a madman he had good trainers he was a good technician there's a lot of reasons why him but like the fact that bc he never john jones was the opposite he would do all the shit wrong and then still beat the balls off everyone but in general watching saint pierre you're like dude i can understand both from natural abilities but also the damn work that dude puts in it's just he just has more hours in the gym simple as that more hours in the gym and to be fair, Patty almost helped Tony create a moment in round three. I'm not saying Tony didn't help spur on that potential moment, but Patty was slowing down. If Tony wasn't taken down there around three, we may have seen a Ferguson rally. So I hope Patty can get to a new level of fitness because, look, obviously he's skilled. He's incredibly uh, popular. He get, he moves the needle. So I want to see that guy in huge fights. Heck, I want to see him against Connor at 300, and I, I, I'm assuming now I'm the only one because I don't see anyone really talking about that anymore. 
It's a great idea. It's such a good idea. That idea caught on with positively no one. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, listen. I had John Jones, Robert Whitaker each year. We all, you all have yeah, that idea yeah. time to time. We all have to take an L once in a while. Let's hear from at Reclaimer7954. Um, when deciding what to name MK, were there other names left on the cutting room floor? Look, this is a great question that goes back to our origin, July 2019. And we launched uh, the, the Monday after the International Fight uh, fight Week card for UFC, John Jones versus Tiago Santos. You originally had an idea for a name because we were kind of struggling to come up with one. Do you remember what that was? I do. Uh, here's what's funny about this. And I'm not casting any shade because I thought it was a good idea at the time too. I want to... It, in retrospect, it wasn't the right fit for us, but I, my idea was headliners, but like I knew I didn't quite fully believe in it. You know, I wasn't, it didn't sound quite right to me. Uh, ultimately it ended up Rachel Nichols named her show that she has yes. a show called headliners, but at the time, and again, I'm not saying it was the best fit, but at the time, someone internally, when we were like floating names, they said it sounded like an eighties cover band. Yeah. <laughs> So we were we like, could have been the uh, headbangers, Luke. Headbangers yeah. would have worked, right? Headbangers you like is metal. A gym, though. It's like, you know, you like metal. I like banging. Yeah, I, or I used to, you know. Before, well, like well, every I mean, MMA and com and boxing podcast is like that. It's like the full uppercut, or you yes, know. yes, the the yeah. Uh, what uh, round yeah, you're by right. round, shit like that. So to to bring people back to that point, I remember being kind of like I couldn't figure it out. I know I could be creative in the in these type of areas, but I just couldn't find the right one. And I don't, it was it Brian Daly, our patriarch who did come up with morning combat because I remember thinking, okay, I don't love it, but it is cool enough. And it does have like that nineties throwback vibe to it that it might work. Now in hindsight, I'm happy we went this way. MK just works. The name is, you know, enough of a play on something that people recognize, but Luke, whenever it may have been Brian Daly who pitched it, my initial thing was like, oh, really? Really? That's what we're called? Because I don't think we were given a choice in hindsight. Not that I'm complaining. We've had a great run and in, in, in plan on continuing. But um, sometimes I guess this is how it happens sometimes, you know? Uh, yeah, I think neither of us came up with that. Someone else came up with this. It was like, it was like, uh, what's the word? It was like focus group tested. They were like, yes, we came up with this one. And like, our ideas were like, we love pornography podcast or, you know, headliners, <laughs> shit that you just couldn't possibly sell. They were yeah. like, well, how about morning combat? I think we were both like, yes, yeah, we're just not, we, we, we weren't going to do better. We were not going to do yeah. better. So. My favorite part in morning combat history was when um, you and I were the halftime show of the Charlo Brothers pay-per-view on Showtime Boxing at Mohegan Sun. And uh, Brian Custer three separate times was like, let's throw it on over to, to Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> And we were like, by the third time, BC, are you, are you, you know, is this a bit or are you taking shots at us? Like, what are we doing here, bro? All right. Shout out to Brian Custer. Uh, let's keep this going here. This is from F Machado 509. What are your predictions on the fight card for UFC 300? Interesting topic. Dude, I get LTN this question every day in my DMs. What about 300? Yes. And I'm like, and I'm like, guys, I got to tell you. I feel. Go ahead and read the question. I'll I'll, I'll do it. Uh, F Machado wanted to add that we are the goats. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to another great year with you guys. Thank you, F. We appreciate that, Luke. Rather than play out the card, because you know we could make that another fun exercise, and or we could get Whitaker versus Jones too. But right now, uh, let's just play main event game. What do you think is the most likely UFC 300 main event 
as we record this, which is just before Christmas, airing on January 1st, what's the most likely or best choice for UFC 300 main event, which does have to coincide with the time schedules and the health of the fighters that we want to see? Do you hear my daughter yelling at the Oh, door? yeah. Tukes is like, Dad, get the hell out of there. All right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Reset your question at the end there one more time about 300. Yeah, if right now, given the time schedules, the current injury status of the fighters, yeah. right? Okay, okay, what, okay. So what, what what could be on it? Right, I apologize. Main event. Um, We're just talking main event. What do you? What's your prediction honestly, for the main event? Honestly, the best thing I've heard as just a theory for what could satisfy everyone's conditions, but like also who's available, because that's really the bigger question. Like who? What? What actually is the available roster? I've heard stuff like, and again, it could just be total fantasy matchmaking, but something in the order of like bringing back an old name a rousey versus misha tate three or something right something yeah along those lines st pierre obviously is not available he has made that pretty clear so i don't know exactly how far back you could go especially if connor's not on 300 i don't really know this is my point i i i think bc honestly like 300 will be like good i'm not saying it'll be in any way bad you'll be like that was a good card in the end you know that was a pretty good one but i don't expect to be like rocked off my feet in a way i never expected you if you can't figure out who that would be the likelihood of this satisfying this grand vision of things just seems unlikely just expect okay. a great card and that's it yeah it's going to be a great card we can already tell the rumors of bo nickel kicking it off dana saying that top to bottom you're going to be blown away i expect to be as much as i will welcome the idea of gimmicks whether that's rousey coming back lesnar coming back or really anything crazy because i do think this is one of those special type of cards that's almost an all-star game celebration i still think the main event should be a title fight involving current guys that's why i don't even want connor in the main event although they could very easily do him against chandler gaichi nate whoever they wanted i still think connor will be a separate card because of his individual drawing power so luke if i look at who's available maybe i mean you know i love that idea of Pereira adesanya again for the light heavyweight title it's possible, but I want something like that, Luke. I want something that matters. So when you look back at 300, it's not, oh, Rousey came back after a decade in a non-title fight. No, I don't. You know what I mean? I want something that matters. People want, um, you know, people want a historic night. They want a historic yeah, night. Yeah. That's what, that's but the, what thing the is, centennial should be. But here's the thing. Volk has a fight before that, so he's not going to be ready. Uh, is Mahachev, he normally, he's not always active around this time because of Ramadan, right? Would he be able to take that fight? Is that before? Would would Mahachev be able I, to fight at 300? I think so, uh, okay. but not much later than that. But it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to do him against Oliveira? Like, what is that? I don't know. Him versus um, Leon? You could do him versus Leon? You, you could. See, I'd also be okay with that. If you did two champions against one another, I'd be okay with that. <sighs> dude, but... poor Bilal if they do that, dude. Poor Bilal. Yeah. Because if Islam wins, which, you know, I don't – I would favor Leon to win. But I would not favor Leon to win so dramatically that Islam is like lost out there. Yes. I don't I don't buy that at all. And so you're like, shit, dude. Well, what if Islam wins? They're gonna run it back again. Bilal will have to fight for at best an interim championship. It fucking sucks, man. Fucking um sucks. so interesting if it ended up being Rousey Tate. Tate was sort of accidentally the UFC 200 main event when she yielded the title to Amanda Nunes and started the Lionesses run. It would be wild if somehow she was the main event of 200 and 300. I hope that's not it. That's not a main event to me. It's an attraction fight that would bring a lot of eyeballs, but it's definitely not a main event for your boy BC with his white belt takes, Luke. And I think that's the case. Who are we missing? I mean, is it, I mean, Shevchenko's probably more aligned with 
with Grasso. I mean, and that's not going to be a main event either for 300. Um, John Jones is not ready, so that sucks. Well, it's what I'm saying, dude. It's like unless you get a name that's like not really in current circulation, whatever that would be. Yeah. Ross is one. There could probably be some. What? Who is it? Like there just doesn't exist. Who's the All name? Right. <laughs> We've thrown around a lot of different combinations involving these two names, and this matchup was teased a few years ago, and it never went anywhere. What about this? It's not fitting in line with the title fight like I want. What about GSP versus Conor McGregor at welterweight? Dude, GSP already said no. Okay, I'm just I, Luke. He said no, but like if they if there's if they're in the war room figuring it out over the next month, there's going to be talks of how much money would it take. So I'm just I'm throwing that matchup idea. You think you think all these guys are whores for money, man? I I, I don't think that are. there's an amount of money that they would ever put on the table that would ever even get close to getting Saint Pierre out of retirement. But the thing is, is he's in shape, and it's three hundred, right? It's three hundred. He did he main event one hundred, or was he the, the co-main? He was at 100. He defended, he beat Tiago Alves at 100. Right, but that was not the main event, right? That was like the Co second or third. Yeah, okay. So the chance to come back at 300 against the biggest star in the sport, I know he said I'll only come back in fights that raise my legacy, and I know that he's probably not interested in coming back and fighting Leon for the title. So, I mean, dude, that's an interesting – there's so much star power in that matchup, Luke. It's wild, first right? Of all, a, first of all, first of all, like St. Pierre – I mean, age 40 is probably still a real bad matchup for Connor. Number oh, one. Oh, hell yeah, he is, one. dude. But more to that point, dude, like I, I believe, dude, St. Pierre is not in shape because it has some transactional value for something else anymore. St. Pierre is in shape because that's who he is. This is what brings him joy and comfort and peace and excitement or routine or whatever. That's why he does that. It's He, he yeah. loves it. It just, it, 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 your point is it kind of keeps him close to like, well, how far away are you from professional work? But dude, he made a shit ton of money, relatively speaking. He, he appears to have spent it and, and invested it wisely. He's in great physical condition without having taken too much damage in the fight game. Like, dude, why the fuck? There's no, there's no zero incentive. Zero. All right. He has and we're not going to see him against anybody. Anderson Silva either in the co-main. Okay, maybe you're no. right, Luke. Maybe you're right. Not that I want to either. Uh, let's go to at... San F man, Sant man, sixty two one hundred. I don't know what these numbers are. What is this? They're they're social security numbers. Look, hey Luke and BC from strictly a bodybuilding perspective, who would you say has the most beautiful physique in the UFC? Dude, this person, hold on, this this has to be a bit because this person asks that in my live chat like every week, and it gets downvoted, but, and it's like I you know it, it never gets. Have they paid the for it? Or whatever. Has has no, no, Sandman? No, no, no. This is on the free. It. This is on the free side. There's an hour of the free stuff. This is all on the free side. They keep asking this one. All right, it's well, like, I'll finish this question. They want they want us to be like, oh, so and so looks so hot or such. No, we're talking. He said from from a strictly a bodybuilding perspective. I respect that. First team all bod. We've talked about men's breasts before, Luke. We've talked about Big E. We're talking about Bilal Joaquin Buckley. Bilal Muhammad is uh, first team yeah. all all titties. Yeah, remember the pecs. I do remember the boobs. No question. He says, <laughs> "Here's the finish." I'll finish reading the question. Judging by things such as muscle insertions and muscle bellies proportioned abs yeah, I mean, this is a and stupid definition just say whose physique you think is rad or whatever and pipe size no he didn't say that my he's saying my pick would be leon great definition and yeah, killer glutes fine. all right this is going off the rails you're so right what i'm saying this, this dude wants us to be like yeah this dude yeah we, i mean this dude's physique is so great we just want to fuck him that's what they all <laughs> want us to say and it's not what really what this is about he then adds, Leon's face ain't too shabby either. LOL. Yeah, okay, I mean, we've been this had. Is, 
we've been this, had probably... none of that is inappropriate but i just know our audience that that can only be satire or the attempt to uh get us into okay some kind is of there a do you think there's been a a male or female ufc body that must you know in terms of being defined and bodybuilding nature has been the best body in UFC history. Luke, is there even an answer? Dude, how about that? weight cutting Yoel Romero? Something like that. Yes. That's insane. That's insane. Right. Yes, that's just like weight cutting Yoel Romero is an impossible level of. Yeah. You know, Brock you know Lesnar funny, at man? 200. Like, I, remember, I remember when I was in college, I used to read, I used to read bodybuilding magazines like flex and all that kind of stuff. And they would do interviews with Ronnie Coleman. He, that was the peak or pretty close to the peak of his, uh, like their early to mid two thousands. And uh, and in late '90s, anyway, actually, I think it's more late '90s. You get the idea. He was always in these magazines, and they would always be like, "What makes it so you're so great?" And the natural instinct is the guy works out a lot. He takes all the drugs, which is true. But then when you really fully wrap your head around the fact that they all take all the drugs and they all work out the same, why are there now differences, dude? Some people just have genetic gifts that are fucking crazy. And uh, yeah, the old Romero's got genetic. You're powers, right. Man. You're damn right about that. Uh, he's he's a freak of nature. That might that's a good answer there. Uh, let's go over to Ricky Dash J O four S T. Is that a racial slur? What is that? Ricky Jofst? Ricky Joforst? It's probably it's probably a racial slur. Yeah, he says, "What's your craziest Christmas memory?" I need to hear how Luke Kamora, his twelve-year-old nephew, for taking one too many Hawaiian sweet rolls back in 07. Thanks for all the laughs this year, donks. It's Rick. Uh, Luke, I have one. Christmas stories. Uh, yeah, I only have one, and it's unfortunate. It was when my when my when my sons were uh, were still infants. They have come. They had come home from that crazy first year in the hospital where they were in multiple hospitals and went through so many surgeries. And about a week and a half before Christmas, my son, uh, one of my sons, started to get very very sick, and it led to us going back to Boston Children's Hospital. Suddenly, we're in there, and we have so it's about a week out from Christmas. And we've been in there for a couple of days and it starts to become apparent that like, they're like, as long as he makes a turn for the better, you guys can go home and you'll be home in time for Christmas. I had my parents come up from Florida. We had, you know, hundreds of dollars of food in the fridge. We had this big celebration planned. And uh, my wife and I, unfortunately, ended up being stuck in the in the hospital for two and a half weeks through Christmas, almost to New Year's. So that was disappointing. The only thing more disappointing than that was. Um, Christmas dinner, when my parents and my mother-in-law were, were nice enough to drive up and meet us at Boston Children's Hospital, the only thing open on Christmas was the Obam pan in the lobby that was about to close. So my Christmas dinner that day with my son in the hospital was stale bread and like uh, the grossest sandwich of all time. And then Luke, to add insult to injury, while we're watching Elf that night in the hospital room i get a call from my parents back at my at the house i was renting and they're like um you don't have any heat and i go oh yeah i was supposed to pay that bill a week ago but i've been in the hospital so look i thought people would understand i called the 24-hour emergency line for the local uh oil delivery and the old bastard that was on call that was probably a few sheets to the wind since it was 9 p.m on christmas night he didn't really like it, Luke. In fact, he was like arguing with me saying, can't you just wait till tomorrow? Can't you just throw on extra blankets? And I'm like, sir, I'm in a hospital a couple hundred miles away. Can you go back and turn the heat on so my parents can sleep at night? Look, that was the worst Christmas ever. Sound like a terrible son. 
<laughs> I'm teasing. I mean, I didn't pay the bill on time, but you know, my life was in yeah. chaos at that point. Yeah, I mean, I would just say, dude, I've I've not, I've not had any crazy Christmas memories. My, my life is not. If anything, dude, they've been either good or dull. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. Yeah, they've been there, good. They've not been some crazy hair on fire kind of thing. Yes. Yes, you're. You know, Dad didn't leave Mom on Christmas morning or something where you're just scarred for life, right? Yeah, I've never told you about like, dude. You've never seen the divorced handoff, have you? Like, you never, you never experienced that, where one no. parent has to deliver you to the other parent for custody, and they or, don't talk you know, weekends. Or, oh, dude. Well, it depends on who your parents are, right? Yeah, it depends on that. If your parents are cool and they're rational and normal adults, they will, you know, they will understand that there's a way to do that that's better than others. Or you could do what my folks did, which is just bicker like, you know, LeBron and Boston uh, Celtics fans or something. Yes. I mean, you know. Or LeBron and Colby. Covington. Yeah. A true, true, true rivals. <laughs> yeah. The Hatfields so, and McCoys uh, of yeah. the sporting world. Yeah, the Hatfields yeah. and the McCoys. That's what it is, dude. It's the, it's the, it's the, what is it? Uh, it's the parallel between North and South Korea, man. It's really what it is. Did you use, um, the unfortunate nature of the divorce to get your way with both parents? Like, were you able to get extra stuff by like playing the guilt against them or it was no, just chaos? You couldn't do that because they didn't see the other person's like giving as anything other than at bare minimum owed or yeah, like an attempt yeah. to undermine you. Like I said, yeah. my dad got me those Reebok pumps and like I did, I, my mom made me give them back. And this was like at the peak of Reebok Damn. pump coolness. Then, that would have been so cool. Dude, and remember, this was after I had to wear the winter shoes. Yes, which means you're that. truly this a was loser, my come up. This was my come yeah. up, and then I didn't get drafted into the league. You know, unbelievable, unbelievable. This one's from at Jimmy underscore Reed. Favorite type of craft beer for me? You cannot. This is Jimmy talking. For me, you cannot beat a hazy pale ale. Keen to hear what you got lads like best. Now, Luke, I've I don't really drink, don't drink beer, beer anymore. Like anymore. Yep, but. You know, if I'm going out with my high school friends or whatever, I'll have some. For me, it's 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 uh, you know the IPAs, of course, but not double or crazy or triple. No longer any fruit in there or cinnamon or anything that's going to give me a vicious hangover. Just give me a really badass hazy IPA and and I'm I'm good, Luke. What would you prefer if you had to drink a beer at an event? What would you go for? Honestly, like David Chang is the guy behind. You know Momofuku. No. Yeah, of course. Why? Why would you? God. Okay, he's not All big right. in my area, Luke. God, sorry. He he's a famous restaurant. You know, he has dude. Momofuku's in um is in New York. Is in New York. Okay. Uh, he, I think he has some other ones around the country, but the original, the big one. His name is David Chang, and he actually made a point. And I think even Anthony Bourdain said the same thing, which is you can drink nice beers and like obviously like Bell, like the company Bells. They yes. make two-hearted ale. They makes everything they make is pretty quality. You know, if I see them on the menu, I happen to order them. Eggenberg is a good makes a really good pilsner. Um, but what they argue is like if you're having like good food, or even if you're just drinking beer, just getting a cheap beer that's like soft on the palate is kind of perfect. Yes. To be honest with you, that's where I'm at these days with beer. I just want a simple one that's soft on the palate. When if I'm eating something delicious, that's it. Okay, so when I want exactly what you're talking about, and I'm not gonna lie, sometimes like. Even cheap American brand name lager, if you get it on tap at the right place and you drink it at the right time, it can it can be the joy that it used to be back when we were, you know, losers back in our early 20s. I will say that I'll go in the middle, like a, a hoppy American ale, not an IPA, but just an American ale that's got a little hop to it. That's probably like perfect where it's like I, I, I really I, I used to do long rants about IPAs. I really find 
I mean, I, I think a, it's just, I don't understand the appeal, candidly. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. The, the level of hops that people claim to enjoy, it seems absurd to me. It, there's a, I don't know, like, there's a, if you have a really strong, you know, well done, like, amazing, award winning one, I don't know. There's almost like a euphoric high in there sometimes, Luke. You know what I mean? It's like, I've never gotten a euphoric high from that shit ever. <laughs> PC's like, um, I got a runner's high drinking this. I'm like, yeah, that's never, that's yeah, never happened for me. Yeah. You, I yeah, was okay. thinking the other day, dude, I drive by this liquor store. I drive by this liquor store uh, that's like on this main thoroughfare when I take Tuki to school every morning. And, um, it, you know, it's a nice liquor store. I mean, in, in as much as liquor store can be nice. It's a fine area. Anyway, it's the point I'm trying to make. And uh, I remember one time I went in there, and just for myself, I bought a 40 and then, like, a liter of beam. And I was thinking to myself, like, this will last me maybe the weekend, but probably, like, two days. Like, just an absurd <laughs> amount of drinking. And the person who rang it up was like, damn, somebody's partying. <laughs> I was like, are you passing judgment on my on how much I am serving alcohol to myself, sir? Do you have an an American like you know shitty lager big brand name that you prefer the most? Like, are you if you have to drink shit beer, are you loyal to Bud Light, Bud Bush, Bush Light, if I have Miller? Have to drink absolute piss. Coors Light, Miller Light is is tolerable, uh, or at least yeah. it used to be. Honestly, I'm not sure if it still is. It used I'd to be go, tolerable. I'd either go Miller High Life, which is definitely piss, but the it's sh- like the a nostalgia of beers. I've never understood that. Yo, this is the wine of liquor. Yeah, well, that that's mean? almost like part of the charm of it. It was almost ironic because this it's, is, it's this is the Malbec of tequilas. That doesn't mean yes. anything. That doesn't. And dude, mean when anything. Miller High Life throughout our portions of our late teens and twenties, when they would do, they would introduce those small ponies in the glass bottles, those were amazing. Or they'd do like they'd change the bottle shape, bring back the old label. It just felt like, I don't know where I come from. It's almost classy to drink a high life. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I would say, um, I have I great memories with, with Bush light dude, or, or just regular Bush. Give me, just give me I the had Bush. Part, I, ha- I, I partied well with, with Bush, with Bush light, but, uh, I find the hangovers are so much it. more tolerable on Bush Luke, you know? Yeah, I guess, but I just don't Without Bush. Like you'll that. get a you machine head a once in a while. A Tecate is not bad at like a ball game. Would you say con character? Yeah, I don't. I don't hate Takate. It's fine. I mean, they're all it's shit, fine. but whatever. No I mean, but, they're know, all they're all the same bullshit. Would you? Would you? If if we should shoot some Bud Light cans with firearms one day, look on camera. That'd be fun, <laughs> right? That'd be great. Just we've. I've yeah. never taken you to the shooting range. We should do that this year. I have. I have to, never Luke fired takes BC a, to the shooting range. Okay, get this. I have never fired a weapon before. You've never fired a weapon. No, wow. I, I'm not like you know. I'm not like a like a. I, I'm. I'm just, it's just not my thing, Luke. I'm just not, I'd be, I would be a little nervous. You know, I'd be a little scared. It's just not my thing. I don't get off on it or anything, but you know, I've certainly had my fair share of experience with it. Dude, every man should know how to fire a weapon. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's, I don't know. I I mean, that's not quite true. I don't feel like every man should, but I feel like if you're, if you haven't scratched that itch, there's a decent reason to try. Okay. Maybe we should do this on camera. Morning combat 2024. It'd be a great doc, Luke. It would be great doc content. Yes. Do you know the docs? Do you know some of the 9-11 villains, unfortunately, uh, trained at the shooting range in my hometown, Naugatuck, Connecticut, up, up, up on the, uh, up on, I'm not even kidding, not, not a bit. They, they trained there in the year before, uh, before that went down. Not, not cool, but it's true. Uh, is that a, you're doing a bit? Nope. And also Hunter Biden during a couple of years ago, when he had one of those, uh, hooker drug escapades came to the shitty motel in my town, Naugatuck, Connecticut, that we all went to after the, after the Dude, prom to get wasted. You know, what so, Hunter, you know what Hunter Biden is confirmation of? And I mean this quite sincerely. There are, are there, there's two kinds of dudes. 
There are guys who have absolutely, in in full reality, never once ever paid for sex and won't do it. <laughs> or there are guys who have spent nine hundred thousand dollars on hookers, yes. like Hunter Biden. Like there is absolutely yes. no. There's no one who's like, yeah, I did it a couple times. It wasn't for me. No, you either don't do it or you've done it a hundred times. That's it. Yeah, I worked once when I dropped out of college, Luke. I worked at a, at a nursing home and um, put together the food plates for the old people and delivered them to their room. You say you went through and you were just banging the female. <laughs> and um, and there was uh, there was an, a, a whole there was this guy Abdul. He was so funny, Luke. And he used to be the he was the type of guy that used to put on the mask with the weed backpack, and then somebody would light it and he'd do the full immersion. I mean, the guy was crazy. But I went to Montreal with my friends one weekend for New Year's and, you know, just to go just to go to St. Catherine's uh, Street and, you know, live the debauchery. And I got back and I remember Abdul was like, oh, so you guys didn't get hookers? I was like, no, dude, no, no. I mean, we went to Club Super Sex, but no, we don't. You know, that's that wasn't really our thing. He's like, oh, I just assumed when you arrived, you would just instantly call multiple escorts and line them up for each day. And it was so matter of fact, Luke, I'm like, is this really how the other half does live? Yeah. Yes. Yes all right. is the answer. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if that man served in the military, Luke, but he would be accepted in that in that uh I cannot believe which thing. so which hijackers, like which flight? Um, I'd have to do a little more research, but it was uh it I think it was one of the building crashers specifically, oh, Luke. One on that hell. flight. Yeah, they had they had uh they had trained. Dude, they looked and, at everywhere on the map, they're like, Where's the most remote piece of shit out of the yeah. way place? Where's the most Isley spaceport of the tri-state yeah. area? Yeah. Jesus, man, that's wow. crazy. Uh, let's keep this rolling here, Luke, on our New Year's mailbag. Yeah, we got male viewers. They got saggy ones. Here's it from at Korean British. I don't know if that's uh, uh, Korean British. All right. Best yeah. of both worlds. Do you think the UFC has gone a little off on Patty Pimblett? Can you ever see Patty getting into the top five lightweight rankings? Love the show from Didn't Korea. We so we this? just debated that. Yes, Luke, we eventually can see Patty getting to the top 10. This is an escalation of that question. Cause if you get in the top five, you're a title contender in my eyes. So is Patty Pimblet. I mean, he may fight for a title anyway on popularity alone, but on merit, will Patty Pimblet on merit get into the top five of the lightweight division? Unlikely. Unlikely. Wow. Wow. I would, I would bet probably not. But, All right. but, you know, there's a lot of factors where we'll see. Well, okay. Will he ever headline a pay-per-view in Ooh. any fight? Could be Connor. Any fight. Yeah, I'll say yes. I'll say okay. yes. I, yeah, I think they'll get that out of him. I think he'll get to that point. Yeah. I don't yeah, know that's a yet. Good question. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I bet he does. Mm -hmm. I, I do wonder, though, if he could get hot with, with – favorable style matchmaking which i know we always say the ufc doesn't do that but they do it sometimes and given the popularity i do wonder if he could get it work his way into a title shot if it's just like the the perfect storm where the season is right where it's a champion that's been there a while where he you know wins three in a row and it's suddenly like damn the ufc is going to do it they're going to punch his ticket like it's not impossible by any means but will he be a respected considered one of the five best lightweights in the world you say no you might be right on that at the end of the day Luke. That, I mean, there's a lot true. of names you have to upset to get that far dude that's hard that's hard to do unless you get the right matchmaking with the right style right or, or aging I mean, names then, I mean, he's... even then dude even then getting to the top five at, at, at 155 is a feat in and of itself yeah yeah indeed here's from drew 
Drew from yay eight eight two. All right, Drew. Luke, as a massive fan of Shavka Rachmanov, are you concerned about his struggling to get takedowns against Wonder Boy and Jeff Neal going into this potential fight with Leon? Now, we don't know if he actually is going to fight Leon next. He may have to fight one more. But Luke, his lack of successful takedowns against these two men, Thompson and Neal, does that concern you at all? No, not really. I mean, he finished them both off. Uh, yeah, he got him, he got him down I, eventually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he didn't he finished Jeff Neal with a standing rear naked choke. Remember that into the side yeah. actually. So there was the whole thing there. So I mean, we put out a clip, and it's actually one of the ones that got picked up from Monday's show where I said, "Oh, Shavkat Rachmanov is your next champion." And people think that I'm like arguing he would easily beat Leon. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. Like in many ways, BC Leon is a bad matchup for just about anybody, but in, especially Rachmanov. There are particular dimensions: his mastery of range, his ability to counterbox, obviously. Um, you know, his takedown defense, he's strong for the weight class. Like, there's a lot of factors that make him a formidable matchup for, at times, an overeager, and I still think somewhat, in certain ways, underdeveloped Rachmanov. But, dude, here's, the, here's just the reality with Rachmanov. You're really going to tell me you don't like his chances, given that he finishes off quite literally everybody, how much he is able to make offense count very quickly, right? He has very decisive actions, both grappling and striking. Against a guy who, yes, the Kamaru Usman finish is remarkable, but is not a known dynamic finisher. That fight is likely to go, unless Rachmanov ends it early, it is likely to go, if it's up to Leon, probably the full distance or something yes. close to it. You really are going to give Rachmanov 25 minutes to get something going and then expect he'll whiff on all the attempts? Like, I don't expect him, BC, every time he tries to have infinite success. Even Habib had a sub-50%, for example, takedown offensive rate, right? It's not about how much difficulty he would encounter. He would encounter difficulty. But I just can't believe over the course of 25 minutes, he would not eventually break through and cause real problems for Leon. There's, I don't think there's going to be enough of him putting Rachmanov in enough trouble to deter him from what he ultimately wants to do. And 25 minutes, if the, if the choice is, do you bet on Rachmanov over the course of 25 minutes, uh, I got to tell you, I like his chances against just about anybody in that weight class over the course of 45 minutes. And built into this question that before about, or I guess this is, this is the same question about whether you're concerned about the uh, the take the lack of takedowns. It's like he's committed to eventually get the job done. He doesn't get deterred by lack of success in one area. So like, you're right over 25 minutes. I mean, he's going to get there. You get tired at all. You make a mistake. He, he looks like and he's going to get the other there part too. Like they're not going to fight next BC. I understand something. Leon's 33. I don't think he's too far from 34. Shavkat's 29. So Shavkat hasn't even really entered his prime yet. And Leon is at the top of it or close to the top of it. And potentially not on the decline, but it's not going to get a whole lot better. This is, this is his, him close to his peak. If there's a little bit of time that transpires, where now Leon gets to 34, Shavkat at 30, and he's had time to work on some of these deficiencies, then you add in the same equation a much better Shavkat now with 25 minutes. I think people are underestimating what that guy can do with half an hour. That guy yeah. half an hour will snatch your shit up. That's what he'll do. It would, it would probably be better under what you're saying for Edwards, for Edwards' sake to fight him next. But, you know, I mean... It's, I mean, yeah, Edwards 15, is so. Think about this, BC, in a 15 minute contest. 
I might yeah. like Leon. I might like Leon there. Yeah, that Leon one, is. You know. I mean, look, we saw the positives from the Colby fight. I mean, he he is a he's becoming a brilliant tactician and game planner to shut down what you do well. So I think he that's definitely a, an incredibly competitive fight. I, I can't. I hope we see it eventually, but I don't want Bilal to get screwed. By the way, John Anik going ham on social media to to fight Bilal's battle. Now I know John's twin brother does a podcast. Uh, remember the what is it? Remember the show? Remember the pod with uh, Bilal yes. Muhammad? But John, like, taken to social media, basically saying, I don't understand how anyone else could get it next but Bilal. So hopefully Bilal does get it, Luke. We've talked about it a lot, but uh, the man is deserving. for it for him. Even if I missed his his rise, meaning I didn't see this coming. I didn't see all these wins coming. I thought he I thought there was a thought he was a little too average. Luke, I missed some of those qualities that are that have been jumping out and have been a reason why he's able to be so competitive and then get the get the win in all of these. Uh, let's go over to at. El Heffy, not Jeffy. How does Mrs. Thomas feel about Luke saying his favorite country is Spain and not Colombia? Yeah, no one listens to the show in my family. <laughs> okay, what would your wife my say wife though? If works I was nearby, my wife works nearby, and so she can like vaguely hear me talking, but like she doesn't pay attention to the show. If that makes sense, you know what I sure. mean. Yeah, my wife so only catches she, strays. She can, she'll on occasion hear me like speaking a little bit of Spanish, and then she'll be like, "Yeah, you said it this way, not this way," you know. Um, See, what's funny, Luke, I, is in my house, my wife has the is you know much more apt to swear and has more of the you know edgy foul mouth in a funny way. Whereas I grew up with a dad who swore incessantly, and as much as I love him and still do and have a great relationship with him, just refused to not swear incessantly. You know what I mean? Like my dad could stub his toe at like a Christmas party with 50 people and yell the F word 25 times. It's just how he got down. So I don't swear around my kids at all. And when when my family walks by the uh, the basement office door and they they catch me saying things on this show, Luke, it's you know, <laughs> there's some explaining to do. But, you know, da <laughs> dad's got to go bring home the bacon. OK, this is what the people want. Right. No, they want si some people want a serious BC in 24. Luke, you are you ready oh, for listen, a serious? Dude, no, I don't. What, why the fuck would anyone want that from you? I mean, I mean you're like, you don't fuck? have that in you. Yeah. Well, no, you do. It's just. It's boring. People are, people are silly, BC. I'm I'm happy with the uh, you know, the special special needs BC. Yeah. Special needs BC is my favorite BC. <laughs> I put the CT and CTE. Luke, to, to answer it though, would your wife be upset if in a conversation I was like, "Hey, Mrs. Thomas, you know Luke actually likes Spain more than Colombia. It's his favorite country." She would be like, "What?" Would she be like, "Yeah, me too. I love Spain." Uh, she'd probably not be thrilled. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 All right. I'll know. I'll, I won't, I won't out you on that one. Uh, this same man, El Heffy says, if, if Deontay Wilder is tied up with Anthony Joshua in 24, and just to remind folks that didn't see it, it uh, looks like a two fight deal, according to reporting from ESPN's Mike Coppinger for yeah. Wilder and Joshua to fight each other, I guess, re irregardless of whether they had one. Irregardless uh, days, is not a word. There's no such two word. days before Christmas. I think irregardless is a word. I used it in a text to you yesterday. I put a word. dash between the two R's though, Luke. I, that's probably wrong too. I'm, you know, all right. You did, uh, but it is not. I love you so much, but it is not a word. Thank you for that heartfelt love. Uh, he says, if that happens, does Francis Ngannou have a fight under PFL banner in 24? Look, I want to jump in and say this. Um, I we've debated this on other MK broadcasts, and I think it's true. It does look like Joshua and Wilder are going to be tied up for like maybe even the whole year if they have a two fight series, right? I think that. Francis will also realize since Fury and Usyk are fighting each other for the undisputed heavyweight title. And I'm going to guess there's a rematch. I think there is a rematch clause in that one too. 
that he's going to find quickly if he hasn't already that he actually is out of big name boxing opponents to try to repeat the success he had against Tyson Fury a few months back, unless he's willing to take a secondary name because of what PFL's Don Davis had outlined to Ariel about their want to do two pay-per-views next year. One of them be Jake Paulish at the end of the year. One of them be Francis potentially against Wilder at the beginning of the year. I'm going to answer this man's question and say, I bet it's more likely that Francis just runs out of boxing options for the first half of this year. He sits down with PFL. They identify the, the best possible non-UFC heavyweight they can fight, whether it's Ryan Bader, whether it's Junior Dosan, I mean, whatever, like whatever. And they get the best one possible. And Francis agrees to make his PFL MMA debut in the sp early spring area. What do you think about that answer? Here's what I would say as I take this off. First of all, BC, my, my question back very quickly would be, you know, Spence and Crawford have a two, had a two-fight deal. They're going to get the second of those two, and now you got this two-fight deal. Is this a new practice in boxing? Have you seen this as a yeah. trend? Because, like, I got to tell you, it, 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 if there is a history to it, great. If guys start doing this more, I know it ties them up a little bit more than we would like, but honestly, I'll take two more than zero Every time, every, every day. Time now, it's not always going to be good because, for example, the George Cambosis Devin Haney deal, where Devin and his team were right. smart to leave Matchroom, right. go to ESPN for a three fight deal. We didn't need that second fight at all. It was almost an albatross, almost right. It was almost like, damn, we got to watch this fight. Um, I like it more than I hate it for all the reasons you said. It is relatively new, and um, it also like fights that are hard to make. This at least guarantees both sides that they have the that they're that there's a great chance they'll get two paydays as opposed to one. So yeah. it's sort of a necessary evil, but um, yeah, because look, as yeah, long as Spence Crawford, as long as Spence so, Crawford two happens at 154 pounds, which I think it will, I don't hate it. I know people don't love it. I know we would rather have them go elsewhere, but like I don't hate that fight. We get a chance to see those two legends fight again at a different weight class. Like I'm in, dude. I'm in, even though it's not ideal, right? I'm in. Yeah, I was just going to say for, I think what's going to happen, um, this is probably going to tie up Joshua, obviously, and Wilder for the foreseeable future, which has its own debt negatives, but I think is a net win for, for boxing fans. BC, I think that Francis is probably going to, just think about it logically. What's the biggest fight he can probably get right now? It's probably going to be a rematch with Fury, right? That's really what he's going to yes. try to do this year. And if Fury loses to Usyk, I, well, actually, I'll, I'll pitch that back to you. To what extent do his fortunes in uh, against Usyk either incentivize or disincentivize a rematch with with uh, with Big Francis? Well, I'll shut you down because I believe, if I remember correctly, there already is a two fight unilateral rematch clause, whatever the word bilateral, whatever the word means that either guy can activate it. I think we already have that for Usyk Fury. So if Fury loses, a thousand percent you're going to see a rematch, and if Usyk loses in his competitive enough and wants to run it right back he's going to have that option so luke that's why i started the question the way i did i don't think you're getting fury versus inganu until if at all possible the end of next year yeah, so it's gonna yeah. for dude it's going to force francis to have to do mma which isn't the end of the world right like i'd be even though you're naturally going to get groans from people who are like damn i want to see him against john jones or aspinall so anyone else not in the ufc is going to be considered second rate but let's also take into account that Francis has not been in an MMA cage in a long ass time. So I'm actually not mad. Even if it's a guy that you're like, oh, that guy's old. Like if it was Junior Dos Santos, you know, you'd get groans. But I don't think mm -hmm. that's the worst fight ever. What about Overeem, dude? That that would win some people over. 
a rematch with Overeem, right? Or am I am I also stupid on that idea? Yeah, too? I don't think I don't think that does much for anybody. I mean, he nearly decapitated him the first time they fought, man. Okay, so what's the best case scenario? It's not gonna be like a Josh Barnett. He's too old. What's the best case scenario of non UFC heavyweights? And this is where Derek Lewis dropped the bag, in my opinion. I would say, honestly, there's still a chance you could get a UFC defection coming up. I don't think it's likely, but that would be, obviously, if you, do, let's say it outright. If you get a top 10 UFC defection, there's your answer, right? Number okay. One. Um, honestly, it's not going to be Fedor. I guess, it's not going to be Fedor, right? Let's just no, put that to bed, please. No, I, I, but like getting back to something here, why couldn't he box like, I don't know, is there a second-tier heavyweight that the Saudis would pay money for Francis to box? Okay, great question. What about a Dillian White, for example, a Derek Chisora? Right. Here's my Derek problem Chisora. with that. Right. right what right. type of pressure can PFL put on him? Because I just said there actually is a possibility if Usyk and Fury fight in March, and let's say they, they don't get hurt and they want to do a rematch in the summer, I mean, it's not impossible that Francis and Fury could rematch in Saudi Arabia next December. Not impossible, right? Maybe not likely, not impossible. But if he's going to then take money from Saudi to do a boxing match against a second tier heavyweight, dude, PFL will get effed. And they did put a lot, they did invest a lot in him. So I'm just telling you, I think this is, there's no other turn but to go to MMA. So what we have to try to figure out is who is the acceptable heavyweight? Is it Ryan Bader with the Bellator title or no, Luke? Is that not acceptable in your eyes? I mean, I will tell you in terms of pure fun, the best fun fight you could make, given who's available, would be the guy who won the last heavyweight turn in a tournament, Henan Fajeda. Yes, it's like six seven. You know, he's pretty athletic. He's you know he's got some limits to how defensively responsible his game is, but he hits hard. He's big. What about um, Bruno but, Capaloza? Know, has, uh, maybe you could go that direction. But the point being is, dude, none of those guys. They, I'm sure they're wonderful people, and I'm glad they won a million dollars. Like I got nothing bad to say about them. But it, we have to be honest about the level of celebrity as a pay-per-view entity that they have, and they are non-factors in that in that way. Yeah, they don't have any name that could sell at all, and they're kind of dangerous too. By the way, you know. In the all case right. Of so Fajera, if it's, if it's Czech dangerous. Congo, you're going to be upset, right? If it's Czech Congo, yeah, or like if that's it's just uh... pointless. It's just utterly pointless. Like, and even yeah. the Ryan Bader one, I respect Ryan Bader, but like, I just don't have any interest in seeing that fight for for Francis really at all. Is there a blown up light heavyweight? Like, what are we missing here? There's, there's an answer out there. I know. There I mean, no pro wrestler they could pull in. I'm being serious. Not with UFC and in WWE being together. No, and there's no. not a heavyweight in AEW that I think off the top of my head that that is on this level. So no. Um, I mean, maybe Hulk Hogan to try to like finally redeem him saying the N word when he was banging Bubble the Love Sponge's wife on film, which yeah, hopefully not. Could you imagine Francis in his like, in his his uh, his his accent being like, "This is for Bubba the Love Sponge." Yeah, was, yeah, this is for Bubba. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. You know. Okay, Nemkov's yeah. not doing that, right? Corey Anderson's not doing Again, that because there has Nemkov. been Nemkov might be one of the most interesting guys that they have in that whole side of the roster, but like, dude, a non-factor when it comes to being a pay-per-view headline. Okay, I did see. I think I, I'll correct me if I'm wrong. I think Corey Anderson's wife watches our show, but I think Corey Anderson said something in an interview or a social media post lately that he's not against moving up to heavyweight and not against fighting Francis because he can wrestle, obviously. Uh, I, you know, it gets you a little bit further, but I don't think it really solves the problem. You know, they need a big okay. name as a heavyweight that people want to see Francis fight, not somebody yeah. you could slot in because they're kind of close and they might be good and, you know, fought in the UFC. It's not, that's not the same thing. We're not solving the same problem there, you know? Do you think we get a Corey Anderson Nemkov trilogy at all? 
under any circumstance because I'd be I'd into love to that. See it. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd be yeah. down. I'd be down. I love I'm Williams. telling you, man, that, that Bellator light heavyweight division, it's got it's got a little promise, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I maybe we can petition OT to go back to the uh, killer at uh at the dorm hall. What was his name, Luke? His old nickname, Corey Anderson. Beast in twenty five eight. Yeah, I'd like to see him make a make a make a comeback with that. You know, dude, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and start fighting, and my nickname is gonna be like Beast in twenty six nine. Like, yeah, Corey, <laughs> Corey, you, we love I you, bro. I got more numbers in my fraction. Let's pause over time. Let's bring back the Beast from uh from room sixty eight over or whatever you got going on there. Let's go to at the Mojo Corpse. We got a couple more here, Luke. Twelve ninety. Can Tom Aspinall defeat Stipe? Question mark. And yes, will they yes. fight in the new year? That answer is no, unless John Jones remains hurt. Season seasonal greetings from Grimsby. Grimsby, what's that? UK probably Grimsby. From Luke, Grimsby. he wants <laughs> he wants to know: Do you do you think Tom can beat Stipe? Uh, yeah, dude. Tom's like a yeah, younger Tom version. Can, Tom of Stipe. can Tom yeah. can fuck him up real good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, dude, Luke, I'm what would ha you, have you gone back and watched the rematch between Francis and Stipe? Yeah, it's have not. Have you gone not back and watched it? Dude, it's, it's an not a ass good time kicking. For it's an yes. ass kicking beginning to end from Francis. Like the fact that it went along, you know, a little bit into the second round or whatever, is a miracle. He was getting yeah. tuned up in that first round, and then he hit him with that jab of death, Luke, and that was the end of it. But um, do you think if John's comeback was delayed by further injury or arrest, God help him, or anything bad, would we see we would see Tom versus Stipe for the full title? Correct. I don't, I guess I, I have, I mean, maybe not. I mean, maybe if John could come back by November, they'll just rebook that in the garden a year later, dude, that'd be bad. That'd be bad. But yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, uh, I don't know. I don't know what they would do. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else they could do. Shit. Honestly, they might do like Jones and Copermo with Francis before they have Tom go in there. I was talking about this earlier, man. If Tom goes in there and like dusts off John in many ways, that's really great for them. Like that's actually exactly what you would want. Um, but, uh, if the opposite happens, if John goes in there and dusts Tom and then just calls it quits, dude, that's like the worst scenario for your division. Yes, and John already did right. that at fucking two Oh five, basically, especially waiting a year for that. So that's why I, I think they should strip John now for that exact reason. Um, I, obviously when we were talking about Francis before, like the best scenario non UFC would be Malikin from one, but I've, I've seen quotes from him where he's like, I'm going to fight for one for my entire life. I love Chaudhry. I want to be on the... If you're a champion over there, you're not getting out of that deal, you know? So what if the thing folded with the finances? That could open well, something then, up. Then, Nothing so at... it depends on how the contracts are structured legally. At times, you can buy them out. Um, you know, uh, there's... Uh, it, 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 the contracts, I've noticed every time a, uh, an MMA organization would die, whether it was like Elite XC or IFL or even Pride... There were different ways contracts were legally structured that allowed you to acquire them. A lot of times, even then, guys have opt-out clauses in certain cases. So yeah. it can be weird. It can be weird. Hey, dude, I think I just found Francis's opponent. Okay. Okay. You're not gonna love this. You yeah, you'll hate it, but I'll like it. Maheta. Maheta. Come on, heavyweight Tiago Santos, right? Heavyweight power. Isn't he past it a little bit? He's past it, but he's past it for competitive title-winning light heavyweight. What if these dude? That guy could. I know he used to be a middleweight, right? So I, but he's yeah. he's heavyweight big at light heavyweight. He, yes, he, is. he could he could fight at heavyweight credibly, probably. No, I'm not saying he uh, wins no, or should be no anywhere close. No, dude, this is you can't solve this problem except by making 
some somebody famous in a direction you never yeah. thought possible. Some pro wrestler has to come over, so, or some major boxer has to come over, uh, or someone has to defect from the UFC. That's it. Those are your only options. Like, All right. Uh, I wonder if your idea on Henan Ferreira is the clubhouse leader in reality, because if you're the PFL, you would get to showcase one of your top young guys. And if he won... Dude, you've you know you could have in theory a star overnight. All but even if he went in there and looked good and lost, Luke, you'd still get a lot of people into him for the next heavyweight season, right? Yes, potentially. But also, it's, if, it's if Francis thought. goes in there and breaks his jaw, that's fine. But you're just not going to sell a bunch that way. Yeah, that's right. Let's go to at uh, Nick Gopal seven two five three. Dude, what are these names? Who will be the new MMA prospect of twenty twenty four that no one knows about yet? Luke, is there anyone you've Heard on the regional yeah. scenes, it's going to get a contender series you. shot. What do you I got? got? One for you, Paul Hughes, out of Ireland. Yep, I heard think of him. he's their Cage Warriors champ. Let me double check to see if he still is. Uh, I will tell you, uh, but he is—he's real good. He's real good. Uh, he is—I don't have his age in front of me. Obviously, he has—he had a loss previously to Georgian <clears throat> Jordan. Excuse me, Vucinich. He—he uh, uh, rebounded from that, and let's see. I think in that contest. Yes, he won the featherweights championship, and did he win? Did he go up the the next one and win the other title? Uh, he definitely won at one fifty five. I don't think he won the belt, so he has fought at one fifty five. He was been the champion at one forty five. Dude, he's awesome. He's like super good. He was one of our hammers of the month. Do you remember that? I do remember that actually. Great yeah, call. He might yeah. have been one of the first ones. No, he he's was a nominee. He didn't. He didn't win, but he was a nominee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, dude we got a side note, Luke. Uh, as we take inventory for what we forgot at the old bomb shelter that we'd like to have mailed to us, I guess we got to get that hammer, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do need to get the hammer. Yeah, that was a failed fun idea. We got to bring that back in some form, the old Listen, hammer. Listen, we tried to tell them. We tried to tell them. Man. We tried. Yeah, we tried. Bad okay. idea. Tried so hard there. Um, What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about, Um, yeah, I forgot. What was it, Luke? It was probably pretty good. Pro can't miss prospects. Oh, Paul Hughes. Is Cedric, Paul Hughes. quickly, is Cedric Dumbay, which kind of fits this question, but not really, is he yeah. a legitimate threat in his weight class on a PFL level or Bellator level, or is he just about action and entertainment, you think? So he was a very, he is like Poetan in that he was a very, very decorated um, kickboxer in kickboxing, right? So we're not talking about a guy who like fought at a high level. We're talking about one of the guys, right? That's who he was. So the reasons to have optimism are high, but BC, we just don't have much tape to go on against anybody you can reliably count on. Too early to say, but the promising nature of it is legit. Damn. And one final question about prospects that six foot seven dude that the UFC signed that has some Olympic background. Could that guy yes. have a breakout year? So that's the guy. I forget his name. He is from Cuba. He was a Taekwondo champion. Um, so he fought. He definitely his last fight was against somebody that I I thought had some promise, and I still do. But if you look at the records against the other guys he's fought, they've had a lot of upside down records. You just again, it's the one thing where it's like you get a guy who's big and tall and reasonably athletic and has an Olympic pedigree background, which is going to you know put a premium on speed, accuracy, and has amateur experience. So he's got a ton of it. That's going to put him ahead of just about every heavyweight, given the selection of who is available to fight heavyweight in MMA. Yeah, but we don't really, again, we don't have any real clear answers about. Hey, what happens if someone doesn't suck ass and can just take him down right away? Uh, he hasn't fought anybody. The last guy he fought was point. good, but like the, the you just don't have an. Again, sometimes people ask questions like, well, "How's this guy going to look in five years?" I'm like, guys, I couldn't possibly tell you. Like, 
the level of development is just really we just don't have enough answers you know yeah you're right uh luke you want to run through a couple more here what do you want to do here we can, bang uh, we the can fans do, pick one or two good more ones and then we'll call it a day all right uh, i'm going to steal this boxing one first from at simon etate 3158 if devin haney does not fight tank how do you see him facing sabriel matias for another belt at 140 or teofimo Thank you, you two old bag of bones. So it does look like Haney could be fighting Ryan Garcia. That could be a real thing. Yeah. I don't think he'll fight Teo at all yet, at least you know promotionally. Haney is a bad matchup for Matias. Haney has a long Absolutely. jab. Absolutely, but they have footwork. been talking. Even though yeah. Sabriel's with PBC, the two sides have been talking. Sometimes, if a fighter pushes, Al does let them go. Look at Stephen Fulton Jr. going to another yes. network yes. to fight in a way. Matias, Matias, you know, you wouldn't count him out against anybody, but I would sure. favor Haney to win that. Um, That's why they, the they don't look scared Lopez of him at all. one is interesting, BC, because Haney's going to be more consistent, but Lopez has the capacity for, like, rapid fire uh, and yes. quick spring attacks, you know, makes it interesting. He has that plus athleticism. He has power, Teofimo. So, although he's got to really prove that at 140, that it's that it's a major thing. But he's also crazy, Luke, and he does have. We did learn in that Cambosis fight, even though it was a, a disaster for him in so many ways, reputationally, health wise, he he does have that dog in him. I mean, he he almost died that night. Seriously, he he was in he was in bad physical shape that night with the tearing of Cambosis? the Cambosis. No, this is Teofimo. Oh, Remember Lopez. when he Lopez, he yeah, tore yeah. his uh, internal organ the, there he when got, he, got, he got the hug from um, the the mountain. Yeah, the Bjorn Thornson punched him in the stomach or oh, something. Yeah, that that's right. Weird. Yeah, Bjorn Thornson punched him in the chest and actually fucked him up proper, like in a real way. Uh, at Toast Woozy, how did you meet your wives, Luke? Do you have uh, Do you feel comfortable sharing any parts of your origin story with the lovely and radiant Mrs. Thomas? And I will no longer call Coach Latori lovely or radiant, Luke, because I got served for doing that to Mike Perry. Yeah, apparently right? you did. No, I mean uh, for a brief time when I was between different jobs before I ever got into MMA, we had crossed paths, and you know, kind of sprung from there. All right. What was the, how long was the uh, courting before the the uh, before the engagement um over a little over three years closer to four okay all right so you you know you got yeah all right there you go and it's a beautiful happy ending luke happy to see that um i met my wife on myspace and I, she doesn't like when i tell that story in public luke but uh we were both in our late 20s i just started working at espn we had a myspace group private one in there among employees to warrant get this to warn each other ahead of time that Mikey's late father, my mentor, Anthony Mormile, if he was on the war path, which was every day, we we would warn each other, like, which per, like, so you knew if you were walking into work for that evening shift and you'd cross paths with him, you were going to, you're going to get it. So that was what we created. And then Luke, you know, work until 2, 3 a.m. Uh, you know, I started searching for local, local women on MySpace. That's not creepy, is it, Luke? It's kind of creepy. I know it's not, right? I mean, it, here's the thing. It's like it matches. Like it's like, oh, the guy who just admitted to doing this also admitted to doing whippets in an Arby's parking lot. Yeah. That checks out. That checks out. You know. Well, my wife initially assumed I was a serial killer and a you know and a weirdo. So there happened. There needed to be a long email courting process, then a phone process, and then we finally, eventually, uh, you know, had the first date. So, but yet with that said, Luke, from the first date to the wedding day, exactly one year. Cinco de Mayo, wow. one year engaged at three months, dude. That or six, no, six months engaged at six months. It happens, Luke. It does happen. Damn, that's like an arranged marriage, man. Yeah, it's like 
There's no, there's no dating. You're just here together. 16 years later, we're still at it. Thank God. And I uh, wouldn't change a thing, but there were a few people that were like you. Do they, do they like you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Everybody's good. Everybody's cool. Um, I mean, I don't know I don't if like, they, that they, shit. they might think I'm a weirdo, Luke. I mean, you know, that happens from time to time, but no, you know, I'm pretty, I'm a solid family man, Luke. All right. There we go. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I mean, I might follow too many straw weights on Instagram, but we're going to move on past that. We have like one, maybe one or two let's more do, as we get one, out of here. We'll call it a day. Let's do one. Okay. Uh, you want to do MMA? One. MMA or movies, Luke? Movies. For sure. Movies. All right. From at the taint, the taint. Oh, well, probably the taint. Um, what are your top five favorite 80s movies? So, Luke, what when you think of the 80s, what is that core movies that are either you think are among the greatest of all time or have that cult classic where you're like, I've seen it 75,000 times and I wouldn't change a thing? Jesus, man, this is like, I mean, it's Empire Strikes Back, Predator, Alien. Okay. Alien 79? I don't like, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Um, Was Empire Strikes Back the 80s? That might have been 84, I think. 84. No, it's early. Oh, it's 80. 1980 was Empire Strikes Back. Was it really? Yeah, so you you fit in with that one. Uh, Aliens, Luke. Aliens was 86. Yeah, okay. We're all good on that. Perfect. Okay, so then Predator, which I think was 87. Um, You know, and I'm judging this as a kid. Like, I'm not actually making a claim about the best cinema of the 80s. I'm just telling you what I love. No, no, this is this is about what I mean, you could probably Rocky, probably Rocky. Yeah, I'd I'd throw Rocky three and four in there. I definitely throw Um, Predator, which you did. Predator. I was never never a big Rambo, like first blood. No, Cobra, Cobra by Stallone. I'll put up there. I love it's a cult classic, but I love that. Um, I've got to throw in better off dead without question. Do you like that comedy? Luke? Oh, I was going to say also the running man, the running man movie, which is different. I see. We've had this debate. I love the running man, but it's not. I've read, I've read the book. The book is better, but it's the Stephen King thing. It's not on the predator. I put commando above running man all every day. Commando is so not above running. But Luke, what about my favorite 80s comedy better off dead? You don't get down with that. I don't remember that one. That's the $2 uh, newspaper kid. It's they ski at the end. You don't remember that one. The weird. Uh, (laughs) All right. A lot of weirdness. How about ghostbusters? Dude, the original ghostbusters. Everyone wanted to turn into this franchise thing where we're going to sell toys. But if you actually watch yes. the original Ghostbusters, yeah, it's edgy, it's satirical. These guys are kind of losers. There's a real kind of uh, uh, undercurrent vibe of loserdom to the whole thing. Gone well for them that I just I was, love. Subversive. I was five, I think, when Ghostbusters came out, and I remember going opening night. See, my dad, one, you know, in hindsight, my dad was awesome at if there was a movie with any level of hype. We're going opening night, first showing right after dinner, like packed house, and and we're going to be there. And that was an opening night one. But I remember being scared in the first like 30 minutes, like because it, it was it was, you know, edgy. It looked like a horror film in some some of the scenes. It was kind of I mean, I was five years old, but, but you know, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. So I mean, the karate thing probably like that. Karate no, Kid Part One has to be yeah. in this. Yeah, that's got to yeah, be. Of in course this. it does. Of course. Yes. Um, uh, anything else the, t- the television series ruined it by trying to make the lives of teenagers much more interesting you're wrong. than it actually is. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's great. And they're coming back for a bonus six season. It's like round six of MVP versus Mike I, I Perry. I need to just great. tell everyone in Hollywood, the lives of teenagers are not that interesting. I'm wearing a hat right now for that. Luke. I got a lot of merch in that, in that area. I like, I, lo- I love that. I love that. Um, all right. I think that'll do it. I'm trying to think if we missed any late eighties, like automatic movies that have Hold to on, be before in the we go, I will tell you, I will tell you one second, by the way, 
Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, um, I could see. Oh, another... 16 Candles. Luke, 16 Candles is going to be there for me, too. So some of the bigger ones from that decade. Here's the 100 greatest movies of the 80s, according to Rolling Stone. BC, you ready for some of these? Yeah. God, there's a bunch of these I haven't even heard of. Uh, hold on. I can't read this. This is too far out. How about Goonies? Oh, right. yeah. That should have been on our list. Should have been. Gremlins? Gremlins was so big. You have no idea. Yeah, but then was. they had a spider in Gremlins, too. And I was not. I was gone, Luke. Spiders are the worst. Land Before Time. No. Uh, Beetlejuice, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, the uh, never-ending story, Luke. Come never on, ending right? Story was big, dude. A bunch of these were big, man. I'm telling you. I guess Raging Bull was the 80s as well. Oh, here we go. 25 greatest movies of the 1980s. You ready? Fanny yeah. and Alexander. I don't know what the hell that is. The 1982, The Terminator, of course. 1984, Dead Poets Society. Oh, Captain. Oh, my dude, Captain. that is. That's a legit five top five movie for me. Damn, that's Ready? a great e. film. ET? How about ET? People don't know shit about ET. That Dude, I saw ET four times. Four times in the theater. Look, the only other movies I've seen that much are Billy Madison and Christmas Vacation. Four times yeah. in the theater. Let me get through it and we'll call it a day. Breakfast Club, 1985, is at 20. Airplane at, at 1980. Grave of the Fireflies, I've not seen that. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Dude, this is prime Harrison yeah. Ford. Oh, Back to the Future, at- Luke. Back to the Future's got to be Come there. Come and see 1985, Robo, RoboCop. Yeah. RoboCop, 1987. Scarface, 1983. One of my favorite movies from Spike Lee, Do the Right Thing, 1989. Back to the Future is at 12. The Princess Bride with Andre the Giant sitting at 11. The Thing, which is super underrated, by the way, in number 10. Ron is my favorite movie of all time. It's ranked at wow. number 9, bitch, by Akira Kurosawa eat a dick how about that yeah uh eight is aliens 1986 seven is cinema paradiso 1988 i've not seen that die hard dude die hard bruce willis shouts to bruce willis who apparently has very bad alzheimer's 1988 loved him in color Uh, of night with jane march luke pants around the ankles no question about that top five when harry met sally they don't make movies like that anymore 1989 number four the shining 1980 number three blade runner which was the original one 1982 again prime harrison ford number two raging bull I mean, come on! One of the best movies. Dude, Ridgey Bull's one thing people don't talk about enough. Ridgey Bull's hard to watch, dude. That is raw, it's real, brutal, and it's a brutal film. And uh, by the way, 1980, also in 1980, The Empire Strikes Back, dude. 1980 yes. was a hell of a year for cinema. Hell of a year. So that whole stretch in the late 70s, well, all that neo noir classic was. Luke, I do have one more question. It's about MK. It's a perfect up, thing bro. to close on. This is from Sino Yurnida, something like that. Whatever. What are your top three goals for MK? In 2024, keep up the good work, donks. Enjoy the break and best wishes on the new year. Luke, you don't have to go three, but how would you frame if somebody said, what's your goal for MK in 2024? There's a certain amount of, well, let's be honest, man. MK had a bit of a, we, like we persevered. I'm, I'm excited about the road ahead. I know you are as well, but we ran to, we ran to some speed bumps this year. I mean, there's just yeah. no denying that we did. I'm looking to put that chapter behind us. I'm looking to get back to the kind of content that, um, that do we just love to make you know what i mean like i love doing the show but then there are moments during the course of what we do where it's one broadcast whether it's a show or it's on location or it's whatever whatever it ends up an interview whatever where you're like dude i love doing this shit um i'm i'm looking forward to getting back to some of that i'll say that. yeah and i think what's going to help get there is a lot of the major changes that that you'll be seeing eventually when we make this uh when we, when we, when our plan, when our vision starts to come to, th- to, to life, you'll, you know, you'll be, you'll know about it. Believe me, you'll, you'll be fired up about it. But I want to say one thing is I'm not always great. As we know, it's a running joke at being efficient, but we're going to sharpen the blade this year. We're going to, 
examine what works best for us and focus on that. And um, I think we're going to do our best work ever because of that, Luke, because sometimes you can get over, you can get too caught up in the, in the, in the quantity over quality debate in a show like this. Cause we want clicks. We want to, you know, I'm, I love doing interviews, man. I don't care if 400 people watch a boxing interview of mine. Like I love just being involved in that game and keeping current. Um, if we sharpen our blade and really focus on what wins for us with renewed vigor and um, this bright vision that that's upon us, despite a lot of the rough changes lately and shout out to everybody that have lost their job at Showtime. And, and it was a tough, you know, it's tough end of that run and Malka just the same. Um, but if we get a little more efficient and we bring it, our joy is going to be through the roof and we're going to be our best versions ever. So I'm ready, dude. Let's, I mean, I feel like we are, I feel like Maybe we're in the we on deck circle. In 2024 BC. Maybe, Maybe we, we will. will finally we're in the on deck circle of life right now, Luke, and we're about to we're about to swing big. And you know, I'm getting in shape. You're getting in shape. Let's do it. Yep. Let's do let's it, do dude. It. New let's year, let's take no care. limits. Let's take let's let's take care. Let's like let's work on our shit. Work on our li yes. lives. Work on our bodies. Work. Let's work on our shit this year. You know. Yeah, well, I want my body to be a wonderland. Also, I would so like John to work Mayer on my my time with my family. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Let's be the best version of us. Let's Absolutely. have balance. Let's be the best. Absolutely. Let's be the best versions of ourselves. There it is. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. All that. Uh, thank you to Mikey Mormal for all he does for us. CBS Sports, always the heart and soul behind the scenes. That's Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. Thank you, folks. Okay. Because ups and downs through everything we do, you guys are clicking play. Just push play. Okay. That's what we're talking about. And, and, there's something about us, Luke, that these people can't go away. And one day they'll harvest our organs and it'll be a, you know, I mean, it'll be a horrible ending, Luke. But before we get there, feed, they'll harvest our organs and mutilate our bodies and then turn that into land Jaeger that they feed to the dude, next podcast host. I could see Appy selling like Luke Thomas burgers, like proudly. And then referencing yes. that bottle of wine, Luke, that you just were like, I don't need this shit that, you know, that gift from Appy. was like, shit. Oh, there it is. All right. That's it. That's Luke Thomas. Have a great year. It's BC. We love you. Take care. We're out of here.